You know, I think that there is a delicate balancing act, and I think it's different for every business, so I'm not going to say that this will work for every business. But I will say that in some aspects, the more that clients pay for what you offer them, and it should be worth what you're asking, <laughs> obviously, the more they respect what you bring to the table. Mm. And, and there's actual psychological evidence of this. Welcome back to another week of Talking With Experts podcast. I am your host, Chris Cowden, and this week I get to talk with Jodie Krangle, another fellow introvert who specializes in audio branding. She says why it's so crucial to pay attention to how your business sounds and what steps you can take to make your brand stand out from all the noise on social media. Oh my goodness. Uh... Well, going back, um, I uh, I will point out uh, I'm I'm a Gen Xer, so um, this whole pandemic thing is like me living my best life. <laughs> so I'm I'm quite happy right now. <laughs> um, but uh, but the reason that I even say that is because I've had a lot of careers in my life, and um, starting off. When I first got a computer, it was 1986. <laughs> so this was like, you know, a little while back, but I didn't grow up with it the way the kids do now. I had to adapt to it. So mm. I did, and I fell in love with the whole idea of it. And from there, the internet. So I have kind of been self-employed since the year 2000. Mm -hmm. And I've been working in, uh, I started off working in internet marketing and SEO because I loved the internet and I wanted to know everything about it. And that was the way to deep dive. And, uh, and then I got really bored in 2007. And I had always had a musical background. My family's very musical. My parents uh, gave us sing-along time, not story time, when I was a kid. My mom sings and my dad plays guitar and piano by ear. Oh. So they, they were both very musical family. My sister is also very musical. She plays uh, folk rock um, and does, so she's a singer and she plays guitar as well. And uh, well, she's actually a teacher <laughs> but she does the the music is it's always been a big part of her mm, life so uh yeah so it's always been a part of what we know and 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 my grandfather on my mom's side had a really really deep lovely chocolatey voice just gorgeous and i believe that he did do some time on radio so like this way back way back though uh and so i think that's probably where i got the idea of voice being important mm -hmm. going from there uh in 2007 i got really 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 bored and i decided that i wanted to do something exciting and interesting and voiceover was it because i had been sort of thinking mm. of it it had been percolating for a long long time and i really didn't know all that much so i went online because that's what i do when i need to learn something i go on the internet <laughs> you know usually not local i you know all of my clients right now are around the world it, this the internet opens it up to everything Yep. And, uh, you know, basically this is my scattered way of saying that in 2007, I became a voice actor. Uh, the singing was before that. I always, I've always been singing through my entire life. And uh, that led to the voiceovers. The voiceovers in 2019, in November, led to the podcast. 
And I'm mm. still a voice actor. That's what I do day in and day out. That is my day job. That's my career. It's what I love. Audio branding, I'm more of a facilitator and a fellow traveler and a guide yes. because I don't offer audio branding as a service myself. I give people information about audio branding companies, about the various ways that sound influences us. And the reason that I decided to do that back in 2019 was because voiceovers, what I was doing with my voice was lending my sound to a brand. Mm -hmm. And I was only one small part of that, but I wanted to learn what was involved in that and what the broader spectrum of it really meant. So I got really curious and I just started asking questions and I started asking people questions on a podcast. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I do some solo episodes as well where I link to various videos that give people an idea of what I'm talking about. And, um, and it's just, those ones are really short. Those are like five minutes or so long. And they're, they kind of start as blogs. And then I speak them into the podcast because I'm a voice actor. And that's what I do. <laughs> um, you know, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I'm learning so much. And if I help other people learn as I'm learning, then it's all good. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's not it's not time wasted because you're you're investing in yourself by mm. investing in others and listening to other people and uh, helping people along the way. I I love this podcasting world now. I I I adore it because I'm learning from all different types of people and experts. Yep. It is fantastic. And and it's a wonderful community, too. It doesn't matter what you're podcasting about. <laughs> I've met a lot of really great people in the podcasting area just by meeting them. And we have otherwise very little in common. <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> we all yes. do our own thing. We all have our own passions. And, uh, and it's wonderful. And I've already seen, um, after interviewing about 30 experts, that we all want to help each other. So yes. uh, somebody sent me a message and I forward them over to you for audio branding stuff. I've, I've did it for other people. And it's there's a there's a there's a great community. I really like it. So talking more about um, your audio branding, uh, what's what what's the hidden gem hidden gem or it's hidden it's the brand, it's audio branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Tell me yeah. a little bit more about that. Well, I the reason that I call it that is because audio branding as a thing really hasn't been a thing for all that long. I mean, it's been a thing basically since audio started in film, in advertising, mm -hmm. in whatever. It's been a part of it. And I think that we kind of stumbled on it accidentally, almost. And and jingles, like the first jingle, I think, was a Wheaties commercial <laughs> back in like the 20s. And, and it like skyrocketed the sales of Wheaties for like, I don't know how many years, but a lot. And it was really noticeable what it did. I think jingles have kind of disappeared over the years mm -hmm. because we used to hear them a lot more earlier on. But I still think that that's, it's almost an untapped market. I think that what has happened over the last several years, and I'm, I'm thinking 20 or 30 years, is that we've become very visual focused. Mm. And, and as people decide that their visual logo and colors and 
um, low, uh, fonts and stuff like that, as those are really becoming important to them, the rest of the senses are dropping off. And it's become so visually loud in our environment right now mm. that audio cuts through. And so I really feel it's an untapped kind of advertising gem and marketing gem because it cuts through the noise mm. and it it's it gives us uh, something else to focus on besides just our eyes. And and also I think that audio in a way reaches us on a deep visceral emotional level that our visuals just don't really do. You know, so if you if you make a combination of the two, it's gold. You know, if you can have a, an audio logo that matches your visual logo and gives that all around sensory perception of who your company is, you're going to be way better off come the future than someone who doesn't worry about the audio at all. Mm. And keep in mind, we're talking about an environment now that involves Alexa, Google Home, all of these things that are audio only. And how are you going to differentiate your brand or what you bring to the table if all you are is visual? No one's going to know who you are as opposed to your competitor. You're not going to sound mm. any different. So it, it's going to become more and more important as as we progress through the years now, now that we have these implements that we've made to focus on activating through our voice. Yes, and and you you it does stimulate you, and it's it's almost like an anchor. Once somebody listens to a particular sound, they'll link it to that particular brand. Yeah, it... the memory is really really good. The memory retention. That's why jingles were so awesome, because you'd remember those jingles twenty years later. <laughs> I still remember some of the jingles from the television I was watching 20 years ago. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's one of those things. Memory retention is fantastic. Uh, I use the example of the Intel sign, da-da-da-da, you know that? Yep, yeah, yeah. Right? All you need to do is hear those. You know exactly who the company is. You know exactly what they do, and you know that they're quality. That's the idea of all of their visual branding that we heard for 20 years, whatever, 30 years on every television commercial for a tech product for I don't know how long. What they did was they helped pay for the advertising and then they became the last bit of that advertisement on every television screen everywhere. And so they supplemented their advertising, helped the people who were advertising, so it was a win-win situation. Mm -hmm. But you heard and saw their branding on every tech commercial for many, many years. And then what happened was they didn't have to advertise anymore. They didn't have to put their advertising on those ads mm. anymore because all you had to do was hear that sound which had been associated with that visual for so long that you heard that sound, you saw that visual in your head, you didn't need to see it on a screen. It was this automatic association. That's how our brains work. Yes. <laughs> and audio helps us get there. So you really need to be thinking of your audio brand now because it's going to become hugely influential and 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 help your company do what it needs to do 20 years down the down the line right yes so what what would be the first steps for 
you know, picking the right audio and um, making that brand iconic or that sound iconic? It's a good question. I'm going to give you a definition of what audio branding is just so that people understand exactly what we're talking about here because it's not just a sonic logo. It's not just music. It's it's a bunch of different things. So this is the way that the International Sound Awards determines this definition. And they're the folks that give out sound awards every year in Berlin and Hamburg and, and all over Europe and Canada and the U.S. And they they go deep dive into what people are doing with sound and then they let everybody know what's going on which is really really cool so if you have not looked them up yeah, look yeah, up the international sound awards yeah um so uh they they call it the isabel <laughs> isabel yeah well because it's they're they're the people who are uh uh doing this are german and i i believe that the award is actually a, a bell <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, and it's ISA, right? So, yeah, <laughs> it's quite clever. But they say they define audio branding as a brand sound that represents the identity and values of a brand in a distinctive manner. The audio logo, branded functional sounds. So, we could be talking about uh, appliances that make sounds, we could be talking about um, voice AI that works on your appliances or anything mm. um, that needs an indication in any kind of thing you use in your home, whatever that is, brand music or the brand voice, which could be voiceovers or the more broad spectrum of what your voice is, the way mm -hmm. that your brand sounds uh, are characteristic elements of audio branding. So it's a very wide spectrum of all of the stuff that makes up your brand identity in sound. And and it's uh it's a big thing. It's not yes. something that you should be taking lightly, you know? Uh, and and it's not something that needs to be set in stone either. These are things that can be changed as your brand evolves. So you know, a lot of people will make a brand sound and they'll carry through with that. And then as the brand ages, they'll refresh it. So they may use different instruments or they may make it happier or they may, mm. you know, increase the tempo or decrease the tempo or add some sounds in. Like I know, um, uh, I think it's Huggies actually has like a child's laughter, like a baby's laughter in there. Right. Um, so so there's all sorts of ways that you can do this. You know, like if you're a I know uh, Costa, Rica, Costa Rica was one of the uh, brands that was awarded an International Sound Award in 2019, I think. And um, of course, before the pandemic. <laughs> uh, but part of what they did when they recreated the sound of their brand was they thought of what the sun sounds like. So what does the sun sound like? You know, like these are these are yeah. brain teasers that we need to think about. But but we relate that to how we relate to the visual and the audio. And it's important to think of both. And the emotional experience when you see the sun, you, yeah. you feel joyous and happy and exactly. Yeah, so there's a lot that goes into this, and I think a lot of it is emotional, emotional context. So I think when people are thinking of getting into an audio brand and, and putting an audio brand together for their brand, they need to think of who they are first. Because once you have that figured out, then you need to figure out who your 
who's experiencing your brand? Who are those people? Who's that person? You know, like, if you need to go with one person, go with one person. You know, uh, I'm not I'm not entirely convinced that brand avatars are exactly what you need to be doing. Um, I, I think it depends on the company and mm -hmm. it, it can be a lot of branding gobbledygook. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I, you know, yes and no, <laughs> but you need to think of who you're talking to as as a voice actor. This is one of the things that I do in my job every day. When I'm when I'm performing a script, I want to know, yes, who I'm working for, but I also want to know who I'm talking to. Mm. So am I talking to a client who is in a company and is maybe uh, figuring out the health care for their employers or their employees? Mm -hmm. Or am I talking to the employee? You know, like you use a different tone with those different people. Right. So once you know who you're talking to, you can figure out the convergence of who you are and who you have to reach. And and that's a Venn diagram in there that you need to sort of find a happy place for your sound. <laughs> yes. So I know you spoke a little bit about the uh, the client avatar and how it mm -hmm. gets a little bit out of control. What <laughs> yeah. is the what is the one thing you focus on? Is it is it mainly values or you know, I think it's going to be different for every company. And as I mentioned, I don't actually do audio branding myself. I, mm -hmm. I know a lot of companies that do, and I mean all over the world. So, you know, Toronto, U.S., uh, um, Germany, Australia, India, like I, I know companies that do this all over. And I'm sure that each one of them approaches this in a different way. So I can't give you a definitive answer to that. Um, how I would do it personally might be different from what these companies do. Um, but I would say know who you're talking to because that's mm -hmm. very important. And I don't know that that necessarily means that you have to like create this person named Bob with this hairstyle and, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how detailed you need to get with that. But knowing who you're talking to and in what context you're talking to them in. So, yes. um, <clears throat> for instance, if you are in a loud, crowded environment, you're going to be talking to someone differently than if you're at a quiet coffee shop. Mm -hmm. And and there's all sorts of, you know, this is coming from my voiceover sensibilities. So this is a different way of thinking of it, maybe. But I think that context matters. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, companies that are building out an audio brand need to think about context as well as who they're talking to. So there are all sorts of different tangents you can take that on, <laughs> but uh, but it's it's a pretty involved process, and I think that people do need to get with professionals if they want to do this the right way. Yeah. At the very least, think about the music that you're using on your on hold. Um, think about the music that you're using at the beginning of your podcast, you know, and it needs to not only be music that you like, but that you feel your audience would like, because mm. you're trying to what appeal resonates to both. With them. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not just what you like, because there are companies out there that like their audio brand or lack thereof just fine, but it's not about you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, 
you know, you have to take that one step further and, and see where it leads you, especially now, especially now. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I've just picked something from my random music collection that I, that I liked, but yeah, uh, I think for, and just putting it at the, using it at the start and at the end, mm -hmm. but I think as it goes on and once I get some feedback about the podcast, then I might then change, change and it will evolve. But I know you said it, you you want to change the tempo of it. So instead of changing the entire song, I just change the tempo and s speed of it to keep it the same. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. there are ways to do that. I know that um, dynamic music is becoming a big thing. You know, people are using music when they're listening and they're doing their exercises and the music will speed up or slow down based on their steps. You know, like that's that was another one in uh, the International Sound Awards that won. And I believe that again was 2019. So there's some really interesting things going on in the sound space that are becoming more and more prevalent all over. And and context, like I said, emotional context is really what we're looking at here. Mm -hmm. Like if you watch a, a movie and you turn off the sound, you'll get an idea of what's going on on the screen. You will probably be able to follow what's happening, but you won't care about it. Yes, <laughs> it's true, it's true. Yeah, so that's where sound comes in. You can see things, you can get an idea of what they mean, but you don't really care about it until you hear the sound. Mm. So that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about giving emotional context to a brand and making people care about it. Because otherwise, why would they care? <laughs> and I guess if they didn't have or didn't even think about audio branding, then they're missing out on a ton of revenue because yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're no, not I mean, leveraging there's a lot it. of. Yeah, yeah. There is a lot of different thought on this. Um, there's a fellow that I interviewed for my podcast who who basically. Um, uh, sort of tears down a lot of the brand loyalty assumptions that we make. Uh, and and you know basically calls them bull hockey, <laughs> but uh, In other I, words. I, I could have used a different word there, but I won't do that to your podcast. Um, but yeah, uh, and you know I don't disagree with them. I don't because I, I think that brand loyalty only goes so far. You know, if you have something that people need at that moment, then yes, they're going to pay you for it, and mm -hmm. they may pay premium dollar for it and think themselves quite lucky, and that's awesome. If they don't need your stuff at that moment, um, they'll, you know, they'll they'll remember you. They may think of you, but you have to continue to be top mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. mind for them to actually. And then when they buy from you, they may be loyal, but they'll only be loyal to a certain extent, you know, like mm -hmm. someone else comes along that they want to try uh, or, you know, something else is the next big thing. They want to give that a shot that might mean that you don't get their business again, even though you did a great job. Mm. So you constantly have to keep yourself top of mind. And again, that's where audio branding comes in because it cuts through the noise. So if you need seven to 12 touch points before you make a sale, oh, you no. better have as many different ways to make those touch points as possible. <laughs> it's just a numbers game, really. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think they've. I heard as well. It's it's more like thirty touch points I, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Three seconds because we're we're confused. <laughs> yeah, 
and we're, we're being you know so much stuff is coming at us now yeah it doesn't surprise me at all yeah and i think as well when you're when you're watching a video it's three seconds to get someone's attention and then they're gone yeah yeah i mean i i come across this in voice acting all the time someone listens to an audition you did three seconds you have about three seconds to catch their attention otherwise they're going on to the next person and you lost the job <laughs> and it's not it's not losing it's who's the voice they heard in their head this is why a mm. lot of voice actors are very similar to the podcasting industry voice actors are very helpful to each other and we really get along very well it's not a cutthroat type of business because we all recognize we're different and my brand of voice may work for this, but it won't work for this. And my friend here, it works for this. And, and he or she does a really great job with it. And I'm happy for them. You know, like mm. we're all very helpful. And it's a lot. It's a lot like the podcasting industry. So I was really heartened to see that when I got into the podcasting. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a virtual hug from a distance. Yeah, the virtual <laughs> hug. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's go back because I know you started your self-employment journey in 2009. Was it 2000 or 2009? It was 2000, actually. Oh, 2000. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how, how is that going for you? And what kind of what kind of tips can you give to somebody that is starting a um, business? And and yeah, let's go from there. <laughs> well, uh, I would I would suggest a couple of things. First of all, if there's something that you really don't like doing in your daily work life at home or, you know, self-employed, whatever you're doing, outsource it. Find a way to get someone else to do it and take it off your shoulders because you will just procrastinate and not do it mm. and hate it and hate your job as a result, whatever that happens to be. Take the stuff you don't like or you're not good at and put it on to someone else. Pay mm. them to do it because honestly, that will save your life. It will make your, your career much more palatable, much more fun. And you'll be in a space where you can do what you do best. Mm -hmm. And and probably what what you do best is make money doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. There's, there's certain tasks that, I'm sure a lot of beginners um, or even business owners don't like doing the the lead generation. Uh, I know it's important, but the client work is a lot more important, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of things that can be outsourced, and you don't want to waste your time doing things that bore you. Exactly. Yeah, and I would say that if you are thinking that you can't afford it, think again, because. Um, First of all, it's probably a lot less expensive than you think it is. But secondly, taking that stuff off of your plate will make you much more profitable in the end. Mm. It just is going to save your bacon. <laughs> it's just yeah, because yeah. They're, they're going to be experts at getting people on sales calls. Exactly. They'll do it much more efficiently, much quicker and and just better than you will. And you will love the results. And it'll make your career a lot more exciting, mm -hmm. you know, rather than dreading what's coming up tomorrow, you'll be excited. <laughs> would, would I know, should somebody jump straight into outsourcing or should they do it, do as much as it, do as much of it as possible the for, for the first six months and then, or should they just 
say if they've got if they've got the money invest in outsourcing and just go for it you know i'm a i'm a big believer in knowing your own personality and playing to your strengths so if you are a type a personality which is kind of the way i am (laughs) um you need to know all of the workings of your business before you hand it off to someone else Mm -hmm. so the someone else may improve on your systems and that's fantastic but if you don't know everything that you that you have to do to get your business going, it's hard to tell someone else how to do mm-hmm. it. So I would say figure out things yourself for a little while. I don't know how long that is. It could be two weeks. It could be three years. I don't know. It, it's different for everybody, right? Yep. Do all of the things that make your business run and then decide what you want to throw off to someone else that you really don't want to deal with anymore. Yeah. And it, like I said, it could take anywhere from two weeks to years. It just depends on what things you do and, and what type of personality you are. But play to your strengths and know them. <laughs> yes. And then give somebody else that control that they can take care of. And that yeah. way you're becoming the, the actual CEO of your business, not an employee of the business. Yes. Well, we were we were talking a little about introversion at the very beginning of this. And what I say to that is my introversion doesn't mean that I'm shy. It just means that I need my alone time after I've done the social. (laughs) So it just means the way that I replenish my energy is to go away after a social encounter and 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 be silent and just sit and do something that i don't need to talk about with anyone else Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and sometimes that means listening to music and sometimes it means i don't know watching a show on netflix or sometimes it means um typing out emails you know whatever it means to anybody take your time so you know, extroverts need to replenish their energy by being in social environments. So play to your strengths. If you know that, then go seek out company when you're done with things that you got done in the day and you're proud of yourself for, you know, <laughs> give yourself these rewards yeah. and and you'll find that the day passes much more pleasantly. <laughs> yeah, accept yourself. I think it's been hard um, get not getting over it but understanding that i am an introvert and when i do something for a long period of time or um i get overwhelmed i've just got to go you know what it's okay to get overwhelmed it's i'm i'm happy being who i am just trying to be more proud of myself so yeah yeah definitely not shy yeah exactly it's not shyness it's actually just how you get back your energy but one of the things i was going to say about that is part of that is scheduling so as an introvert i need to make sure that i have built in in between the things i need to do in a day that actually require me to be in a social situation i need to program in an hour or two in between these things. So I can't overwhelm myself with like five interviews in a row. I can't do that. That would drive me crazy. (laughs) Um, So this is like a lot of people will say, oh, batch your interviews, do three in a day. You know, I can't handle that. And I know I can't handle that. (laughs) So know yourself and know how you need to make your schedule work. And Mm -hmm. once you've got that figured out, then you you're a lot more relaxed with everything else. <laughs> you're not stressed. Yeah, and I was on a 
I'm, I think you've been on the, the same podcast. Or I, I interviewed Emma Louise Parks. Yeah, another introvert. <laughs> and she was saying about batching your time. So having a specific day for content creation, have a specific day for client days, have a specific... And that really uh, resonated with me. And I, straight after the call, I put something together and it makes sense, but it will evolve, it will evolve over time. And uh, I definitely need to schedule in some me time throughout those yeah. days to just go... Whew, I'm I'm testing two interviews a, a day, mm-hmm. but I think it's too much for me. So I'm just going to go yeah. to one. I, I did a lot of the starts so that I had some batched up and now I'm just sure. going one by one. That makes sense. And and I loved being on her podcast. That was fantastic. And she's a really good interviewer. So it was great uh, she's, she's a lovely yeah. person as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know we've covered a bit about audio branding and a little bit about your self-employment journey. Are, are there any strategies that uh, could help somebody grow or scale their business? Hmm. Growing or scale? Well, outsourcing is one of those, definitely yeah. one of those things. Um, yeah, I, you know, all of what we've been talking about so far is, is really, you know, how you scale, you know, mm-hmm. you need to, you need to be very conscious of your own mental health to be able to expand elsewhere. Mm. <laughs> right? So take care of you before you take care of the wider world. <laughs> you know, and I'm not saying that in a selfish way. I'm just saying, you know, like they say to, to parents who have to put the uh, you know, the airplane oxygen mask over themselves before they put it on their kids, yeah. right? You need to be able to be, you need to be able to do things yourself before mm-hmm. you can help other people. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've so, seen it before with the um, the battery metaphor. If your battery's low, you can't help anybody. Yes, exactly. So I think that that is really important. Giving yourself some grace as well. You know, we're especially those of us who are uh, particular types of introverts, the the A A type personalities, are and creatives are very hard on themselves internally, mm. internally. Yeah. I mean, there are things I say to myself inside my own head that no one would ever say to me in person. <laughs> like you know, that's just a natural part of of being hypercritical and mm. and and focused and creative. And unfortunately, we get the brunt of it in our own heads. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think all of that is very important. And scaling is different for every person, too. I mean, I'm in a business where it's not necessarily the hours I work that I get paid for, because a lot of times what I do with voice work is it gets licensed. So mm-hmm. it's a lot like music licensing. Royalty. Yeah. And actually, as I go, I get quicker at this. So it's not um, it's not how long it takes me to do. It's what it's being used for. Mm. You know, how many people are hearing it? How long is it being used? What medium is it being used in? So these are the things that I ask when I do my job. So it's not an hour by hour thing for me. Mm. But at the same time, my business is me. So, you know, I'm not outscaling. I'm not outsourcing or like you know, um, uh, creating a larger business necessarily because it's just me. <laughs> yes. And, so, and you can come to a point where you have too many clients. 
well, yeah, you know, but then what happens is you up your prices. Mm. <laughs> that's what happens. And then you have less clients who pay you more. And that's kind of the idea. Isn't that what all of us want? <laughs> yes. So is that something you recommend people do? They, they increase their prices and have fewer clients? You know, I think that there is a delicate balancing act, and I think it's different for every business. So I'm not going to say that this will work for every business, but I will say that in some aspects, the more that clients pay for what you offer them, and it should be worth what you're mm -hmm. asking, obviously, the more they respect what you bring to the table. Mm. And, and there's actual psychological evidence of this. In that I know that there's been a study out there, uh, I think they did this oh, for coffee, and they had a, in a conference, they had two booths, and one booth was selling $3 coffee, and one booth was selling $12 coffee, and it was the same coffee, but the people who bought the $12 coffee said it was the best thing they'd ever mm. tasted, you know, mm. like, <laughs> it was wonderful, because we are psychologically determined to explain why we paid that money mm, <laughs> you know but so it's it's a delicate balancing game in that we want to convince ourselves that we made the right choice by paying that but at the same time um you know you want to make sure that the quality of that is actually there yeah you know so like i said it's 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 a balancing game and if you are not charging enough people are going to wonder whether you're good at what you do so, you know, you got to, like I said, it's a balancing game and you yeah. need to make sure that you're charging enough that people respect what you offer. Yeah. I mean, you, and you can't charge $5,000 with little to no experience first. Yes. You, you, yeah. You've got to gain respect in the industry and you've got to have authority and credibility and prove that you can do it. So yeah, uh, I, I know I testimonial videos are, so powerful sure what what um what other ways can people gain social proof that's an interesting question because i'm experimenting with something like that myself right now there is a company called witlingo w-i-t-l-o-n-g-o i believe or no witlingo l-i-n-g-o so um they are a company that has put together kind of a, a social proof testimonial um, streaming audio mm -hmm. so so what it is is it's like this channel that you can have on your main page where people can just listen to people talking about your brand and there's music underneath it and it nice. sounds very professional and very nice and people are actually saying what they mean and it's very powerful because when you hear someone say something mm. it's almost more palpable and emotionally intense than if you read it yeah so yeah and it's only audio so in a lot of cases people are a little more willing to give that than video testimonials because not a lot of people are comfortable on video yes yeah <laughs> you that... know? and for yeah. introverts as well I, I struggled with it but now i really enjoy being on camera um, yeah. yeah so so i'm definitely going to check that out and apple Podcasts they should have audio reviews you'd think yeah, yeah. i actually have witlingo on my podcast page right now because i'm using it as a case study i'm using it for testimonials on my own podcast 
So if you go to the uh, audiobrandingpodcast.com, if you go to the main page beneath, I think there's a banner there, and I might move it um, mm -hmm. up a bit, actually. But um, towards the top of the page, there's this little streaming audio, and then there's a button underneath it that, that says, um, you know, tell me what you think, or, mm. you know, what, you know, and it brings them to a page where they can make a testimonial of their own if they want. And I thought I'd give it a shot, and it's actually working really well. I have about 10 people on there now who have made their testimonials, and and it's I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. And you could kind of give them like a, a script of what you what specifically you, you you want them to answer. Yeah, yeah, you can totally give them uh, like a question to answer. I actually haven't. Um, really, all I've said is keep it less than 30 seconds and keep mm. it clean. Yeah. That's all I said that, you know, and so people are just saying what they want to say. And, and it's been really enlightening and, and very humbling, too, because people have had some very nice things to say. So I'm very and grateful. You could just press play every now and then just go, yeah, I have got yeah, this. Yeah. I have got this. Exactly. <laughs> like I need to pump motivation. myself up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> but you can use it. You can repurpose it for oh, yeah. your marketing. Yeah, there are all sorts of different ways to use that. So, I mean, I could do something like that for my voiceover services. I totally could do that. You know, um, I, I think it's a great uh, a little tool and, mm. and I highly recommend people check it out. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great tool. I, I know I, I want to know if you have any marketing strategies that you're using then at the moment um, it, online with your content marketing or uh, it's a good question. I do occasionally reach out to some companies directly in email just to let them know that I'm here and if they need, if they have a roster of voice talent, I'm, I'm here and, and happy to work with you. Um, I, I have found limited success with that. Mm -hmm. It works sometimes and sometimes they're just way too busy and I understand, I get it. Um, I found LinkedIn to be a really good tool, but not for just reaching out directly the moment that you connect with them. Mm -hmm. What I do is I, I follow people that, I, that I'm interested in or interested in working with, and then I comment on their posts and start a conversation that way because it helps them because it gets their post a little more up in yeah, the system, yeah. right? And we have a conversation. And then when I connect with them, they already know who I am. Mm. they've already looked me up probably right the way i looked them up and and then we have a a warm connection you know what i mean like that i'm yeah. not just e emailing them or or you know connecting with them out of the blue they know who i am and there's been some kind of win-win situation going on there mm. so you know i i want to give them value the the way that they want to give their clients value you know like that's that's what I'm here to do. So I, I find that that is a nice little way of doing it. And LinkedIn is a great tool for that. Yeah, and it can work over Facebook and Instagram too. You're, it can. You're... I'm finding less in Facebook though. I'm finding okay. Facebook to be a bit more contentious. <laughs> okay. What is, it yeah. that you, what is it that you don't like about uh, the f Facebook? I think that LinkedIn specifically is for business. So people are already predetermined to understand why you're getting in touch with them. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you get in touch with someone over Facebook, 
there's this automatic distrust because they shouldn't be contacting you to sell you on that. Like, and I mean, they shouldn't be doing that on LinkedIn either, to be honest. Mm -hmm. The reason why I get to know these people first is so that when I talk to them, it's not just this out of the blue, hey, buy my stuff, you know? Yes. Because <laughs> that's freaking annoying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nobody likes cold exactly. DMs but today. I get that over Facebook and I'm like, what are you thinking? <laughs> I can't even fathom how they would think that would work. <laughs> mm. At least on, on LinkedIn, it's a business network. You're assuming that the people that are talking with you are in business and doing something in business. Yes. <laughs> Whereas, yes. you know, on Facebook, I don't like, Facebook is for my friends and family. It's not for my business associates. I mean, I have some business going on in there. I certainly promote my podcast on there and the people who know and like and trust me know that they should check it out and that's great but i don't try to sell on facebook mm -hmm. facebook isn't my selling vehicle and you know i i try not to sell anywhere <laughs> yes I, I just try to be there and be helpful and if someone needs what i have to offer i am happy to talk with them and I will reach out and, and encourage them and congratulate them when they win an award or when a colleague of mine gets a really good voice gig. I'm happy. I'm, I'm all over it. Um, and if people want to reach out to me from that, that's awesome. <laughs> so LinkedIn it is then. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's great. So and we have covered a lot and I really enjoyed our conversation today. Is there, is there anything... If someone can get into contact with you, how can they do that? <laughs> well, the best place to look is my voiceover website, which is at voiceoversandvocals.com. And the podcast is at audiobrandingpodcast.com. And uh, you can see Wit Lingo in its full glory on that page. <laughs> it's pretty um, cool. And is there anything you would like to give the listeners today? Uh, sure. I have a free downloadable PDF about the five tips for an intentional audio strategy. And this is just sort of like um, almost like a worksheet, you know, something to sort of get you thinking about the different areas that you can discuss if you're looking to create an audio brand or be more intentional with how you sound and mm -hmm. some resources and such at the end of it. Um, it's at uh, thevoiceoversandvocals.com slash audio-branding-strategy. So if you want to put that in the show notes or something, yes. you can probably do that. It's easier for them to just click on it. That's, That's going to go straight yeah. over the head. I know. I know. I got it. Yeah. Um, but uh, that actually does put you on a mailing list so that it lets you know when the new podcast comes out, come out. That's that's once a week. And it gives you access to something I call the studio, which is a resource page of some videos and, and free PDFs. Um, like one of them is an actual book <laughs> uh, on on how to speak better, actually, which I think is fantastic. Cynthia Jai gave us that to uh, to put in the resources there and um, some snippets of audio from previous interviews that no one else heard actually because mm. I asked specific questions about audio branding that I wanted the people who decided to subscribe I wanted them to have that exclusive information and then some discounts from the people who have been guests on the podcast and it's always expanding and growing and 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 whatever and I always do 
give out this caveat that if people don't want to be on a mailing list, and I totally get it, if that's not your thing, just email me directly. My email is all over my website, and I will just send you the PDF in email. It's totally yeah. fine. <laughs> you don't have to sign up for anything. <laughs> yeah, and that and that's a great tip uh, because you just you've got a lot of offers inside the mailing list, so yeah. just constantly add to it and it will evolve over time. But just start. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a page that I just add things from various of my guests as we go along, and uh, yeah. It's getting pretty full. <laughs> <laughs> and it's doing it on an automatic kind of basis. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's I an mean, email list. Yeah, the email list is, yeah. And I mean, it's in its infant stages. So it's like, yeah. but basically it's almost like an, I have a bit of explanation at the beginning of it, but mostly it's an RSS feed of the actual podcast. So yeah. once a week, they'll get an indication of what's coming up. So, uh, yeah. Amazing. And I, yeah it's it works pretty well <laughs> well thank you again and i really enjoyed it and yeah thanks for being an expert on the talking with experts podcast thank you so much for having me here i appreciate it i really enjoyed this <laughs> yeah well thanks for putting a smile on my face <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad fellow introverts unite separately <laughs> elsewhere yes <laughs> <laughs> okay bye-bye bye-bye <laughs> Thank you, Jody, for offering something unique to the podcast this week and for contributing so much value in actionable steps. If you like this episode, please make sure to like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you need to do to make this podcast succeed. And also, just reach out to Jody or myself for more information. Look in the show notes down below for our contact details. And have a wonderful rest of the day. I'll see you next week.